The following program is intended for mature audiences. You're listening to Bottom Shelf Recording Talk. Sounds boring. Oh my, yeah. With your hosts, James Seabrook. Okay, you were paying attention, but the idea is clear in my head, but translating it into English is not. That's brutal. I understand the hypocrisy. And Joey Roach. I don't even know what you do. I was just told you were the man. Some people would say I'm overconfident. That could be my ego talking, though. I'm trying to think of the right word. Oh. Yeah. Must be a tough word. Next subject. Uh, you're bored with this one? You don't hear us gassing on about it. Give you in the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. By the way, you know, when you're when you're telling these little stories, you have a big mouth. Here's a good idea. What are you even talking about? Have a point. Why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers? It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. We're live now. See right there. Um, there we go. We, so let's prep them while we're like live. That's right. Um, <laughs> Real slick operation we got going on that's, here. That's the idea, man. <laughs> Is it? Sure. Yeah. We look as slick I, as I possible and make as much fun into, in, in, into prep. Yeah. Well, um, other than maybe like the occasional. Hey, he talk. asked me uh, <clears throat> a couple questions. Uh, yeah. Before we kind of, this, well, so. I, I like to establish some boundaries before we get started. You know, because I've I've crossed some boundaries, and that's never fun. And except it is, <clears throat> well, it can be, yeah, for me. But sure, yeah, but you're the jerk who likes to argue for the sake of arguing. That's true. I do. <clears throat> when it's something that I have an opinion on, which is just about everything. But even if you don't share that opinion, and you get somebody riled up, you like. <laughs> Sometimes you do it to me. Well, that makes for that makes for good uh, good <laughs> a good podcast. You know, something. That's the idea. Is 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 if I can get people riled up in front of the microphone, then we're doing really good. Yeah, but you do that without a microphone. We need some drama. As much. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, man. It makes for good radio, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, what I should have explained before air, and, and I'll introduce you in a sec. I promise. Okay. Um, we're going to run for an hour and yeah. we're going to get cut off uh, at, at the end, at, at the end or the middle of our conversation. And, <clears throat> and I'll go back to bed and you, you'll go back to bed. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> now people aren't going to be hearing this until like eight o'clock tonight, but <clears throat> yeah, by then you might still be in bed. Oh no, no, I'll be good. No. I'll, I'll be good by then. I got to go practice after this with the guys too. So, oh yeah. Yeah. I, you know what? Let's, let's dive in. Let's dive in right there. Cause that's one of the many things that I wanted to talk about. Um, uh, introductions are necessary. Um, we didn't actually finish the conversation we had up going up the stairs. Well, what am I calling you today? Oh, you can just call me Greg. Greg? Yeah, sure. Just Greg? Good old Greg. Good old Greg. Yeah. Good guy, Greg. Good guy, Greg. Good guy, Greg. He's a good guy. It's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, you were telling me... Uh, and this will branch us out to other things. You were telling me that you have a number of different projects going on more than what you've been known for. Oh yeah. So what, yeah, sure. what's going on? Uh, I guess, um, well, uh, I'm just about to start releasing under a new project name, which I think is going to be called secret family that Carl, Carl actually came up with that name, but all right. And the idea behind it is it's going to be sort of a collaborative. I've never been a great collaborator, but uh, mm. I'm going to try to be more of a collaborator. Sort of like a broken social scene idea where... <coughs> That's really cool, actually. <clears throat> I sort of am the lead producer guy and s start working with a lot more people mm. and uh, and just try to make music that is sort of in the same arena, but is 
really varied because I have, you know, some of the songs I'll, Carl will maybe start up um, and then I'll, t- I'll take it and develop it a little more. Right. Other ones I'm just going to write all on my own. The first song, if I do end up releasing it, I just finished it recently. But, you know, Sweet. I'm crippling self-doubt. So, like we all have. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um who else is uh who else is part of the project? Well, I haven't told a lot of people who's who, oh, so so, <laughs> so, so we'll see. I sent an email ready. to a friend at like 3 a.m. who I used to make music at within Calgary Adam Palmer. Mm. And uh he did this. He wrote a song that we did with Christina O'Connor. She lives in LA now. Okay. Like 5 years ago. We were going to release it under uh, Eliezer versus, versus John. John, right? And uh, I kind of think that fits well with this project. So I was listening to some stuff last night, and that's why I didn't get any sleep. Because I, you know, got hooked on it. And then I was like, okay, actually, this song's pretty good. I haven't listened to it in five years. And now that I've listened to it again, I'm like, maybe we should finally put it out there. So, Right. Yeah, so uh, that's Adam Palmer, Christina O'Connor, Carl Sharp. uh, Carl's friend Jay, I don't know what his last name is, is like singing on one of them. So... (laughs) We'll see cool. if that goes somewhere. Um, yeah, I I don't really know. I was I'm interested in getting my uh, my nephew in on it because he's he's really coming up quick as a producer and he's really talented. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, so I don't know. Well, I guess we'll just see. I'm I'm just not really putting a limit on it. I want to just pitch people that I've done right. something musically with and be like, hey. This could fit under this project title, so let's uh, give it a shot. Isn't that kind of how Broken Social Scene operates too? Like uh, the the last time I saw them on stage would have been over ten years ago, but there were like nine of them on yeah. stage. I think there's twenty plus people in the in wow. the group. That's crazy. But there's you know the the lead guys mm-hmm. who. Uh, <clears throat> so I saw them. Well, what's that uh, festival down at, at Horlack? Which one? Um, it's the, it's Time put on by straight shooter, six shooter. Oh, is that, um, the, uh, the interstellar rodeo. Interstellar rodeo yeah. I saw them at interstellar rodeo last summer. They were awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's a rad show. Yeah. It, it's cool that they're, they're still going around made possible. I'm sure because it's such a varied cast that, you know, each record, each record sounds pretty different because there's so many different contributors, right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I also don't want to, I'm, I'm trying to move away from, because I have a real hard time actually releasing stuff. So, because it just takes me forever <laughs> to yeah. decide or like commit to something. Right. So hopefully working with other people and, and I've seen my real skill more as a producer probably than anything, mm-hmm. then I can, I can work on songs and and develop other people's stuff that I think fits with it. And nice. so I'm not always just trying to like do it on, do it on my own and wear too many hats, which I've been guilty of before. <clears throat> well, yeah, you've, you've been, I almost want to say you've been borderline isolated as a, as a producer working on all of this stuff. Borderline. Well, I mean, <laughs> technically you do have contact with the outside world, but yeah. Yeah, as far as music, I've always really isolated myself, and mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't really know why, but uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, <laughs> but then again, when you're when you're working, you work pretty exclusively in the box, right? Yeah, just about. I got some outboard gear, but 
most most of it yeah most of it's in the box and and when you're working when you're working in the box like that there's there's only so much screen real estate for someone to sit in front of yeah and so i i've done it a few times where i've where i've worked with worked with someone that wants to be heavily involved in every every aspect every step but they don't understand the technology at all and so that's that's my role yeah but they just hang over your shoulder and it becomes i mean it's necessary but it becomes really awkward and and really uncomfortable and when you are the creative person driving that to have someone else hanging over your shoulder is just disruptive yeah well it's disruptive regardless of who you are in the project I suppose. Because even if you're the technical guy, like you're, you're generally like the thing that they're making aware to you is something you've already realized, but you have like these six other things you need to do first before you get to the thing they noticed. Yeah. There's Mm -hmm. that too. And they don't realize that like, yeah, I know it's there. I'm working on it. I'm doing something else right now. I can only do so many things at once. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And it's hard. And it's also hard being the guy, you know, looking over somebody's shoulder and being like, this needs to change, but they're working on something. It goes both ways. So it's just hard. understand it, though. It can be pretty easy to just be like, okay, I will only make it a thing if he says, okay, I think I'm done. And then I'll make it aware. I'm really finding the, uh, because you hooked me up with recording connection. Right. And I still only got one student, but. You know, I know him pretty well now and we've worked together or like done a lot of his, done a lot of work together, well, I get, not work, but we've like done a lot of his projects and stuff. And, and now I'm getting to a point where I'm more comfortable with him. So mm-hmm. that sort of relationship is starting to work a lot better because I can just teach him as I go along and stuff. And it's making him way more comfortable as far as having somebody watch me while I work. Cause I've always right. had a lot of trouble with that, but something about the mentor relationship makes me feel like okay well somebody thinks i'm good enough to be a mentor so uh what the hell sure i'll i'll tell this kid what i know right i had that like middle of being in college like people ask me questions and yeah one of the parallels that i wanted to draw um between you two is you guys have had such a similar uh, and this is totally tangenting from the conversation of the music, but you guys have had such a similar background um, from a schooling career perspective. Yeah. Um, specifically, you guys both went to Pixel Blue. Well, I went to Dev Studios. Oh, you were you went to Dev <coughs> Studios before it was Pixel Blue. Yeah, I took the. It was only the second year of the recording program there, so it was really kind of rough around the edges. Okay, what, and undeveloped. What year was yeah, that? That would have been uh, the other teacher that was two thousand five. Yeah, it was before uh, I mentioned. Yeah, yeah, about then. I don't remember exact the exact year. I think mm-hmm. I was 22, 21. So, yeah, that would have been around 2004. Right. Yeah. And yeah, then you right. both you both ended up Did you, were you at Long McQuaid before you went there or Long McQuaid after? I went to Long McQuaid after. Okay. And that's where I think I <clears throat> that was a real education. Mm-hmm. I had some awesome mentors there. Mm. Uh Mike Brizzo and and Marshall Kruger and Cynthia Weigel. Right. And and Deanne. 
who's now a real estate agent. And Greg, Greg Ferguson. Yeah, but at the, oh. at the time, though, everybody was so Only passionate Greg is left of yeah. all those people. Yeah, and I don't <laughs> think he's doing that much music these days. But No, he's just <clears throat> managing Long and McQuaid uh, North. Yeah. Mm. But it was a, a great place to learn, especially just at that time, I felt like those guys were all, or that group of people was so knowledgeable. So yeah. they really took me under their wing in a way. So... Cool. Yeah. All right. Back to the music. I'm, I'm terrible for tangenting. Um, so, family secrets? There's secret family. Secret family. That's the, that's the current working title. We'll see. <laughs> Don't steal it, anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. It, it, it's date and time proof. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Piss off. <laughs> it's mine. I can bleep it out if you want. Carl gave it to me, so uh, I, I got free reign, bitches. <laughs> My lot uh, of curse on here. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, it's not going to radio. Sure we have an explicit rating. We've had an explicit rating since the first episode. Right on. Yeah, I gotta make good use of that. You fucking go ahead. Right on. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the first episode was the reason we got that. I well, was pretty mad. No, you day. have to you have to opt into it, and if you don't opt into it, oh, um, then and and Apple catches you with it, or someone complains, mm. then they just toss you and block your block your account or whatever's tied yeah. to it. Well, Is it, it pretty hard? Sense to, Sorry, <coughs> but, no. It's I was just gonna say it makes sense to then just always be like we're explicit rating, and then that way you don't have to put in the work to mm -hmm. censor yourself. Yeah. Oh yeah. Although that episode was fun. Yeah, that episode was long. Our first six episodes, we had no restraints. Yeah, that's when I was list I listened more to the a couple of them early on. That's one of the things I was saying. It's like, yeah, maybe a little shorter and yeah, more, potentially more focused, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, you were asking a question. Is it hard to? Oh, I was just wondering, like, as far as re releasing a podcast, is that? Uh... Is it as easy as, you know, like a CD baby situation where you just... Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we pay for a, we pay for a server. Yeah. That, yeah. um, that manages... Doing the research was probably the most difficult part and it wasn't yeah. even difficult, but like just doing research to see what's the best deal to have somebody host your podcast. Yeah. Hmm. So then the, the one place hosts it, um, and we play a yearly fee for unlimited unlimited data and unlimited streaming um and then it's just rss feeds to all the places that would that would have it it's tough to get in certain places like spotify you have to have a certain number of certain number of downloads per episode yeah to oh. be able to get onto spotify yeah um and we don't we don't qualify <laughs> but uh but everyone else uh all, all the other majors it's just a matter of of submitting, they verify that that you're not some, not hate speech, something like that. <clears throat> Although even even that, they're they try not to be the censor. Um, yeah, and then and then you're up. Nice. Yeah. I have yeah. never seen a podcast that was hate speech, but I would hope to never see such a thing. <laughs> I've heard of a couple, mostly oh. because of the Trump thing, right? Yeah. 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 But, yeah. Well, as uh, you know, I mean, you could make an argument, Alex Jones guy i right. listen to him once in a while for for a just laugh to, just to get riled up <laughs> yeah, just to see what him and his crowd are thinking to hear him talk about uh turning the fog uh, frogs gay or whatever yeah that was an interesting one well he just and then proceed to like immediately afterwards be like 
buy my drugs. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all. It always goes back. You gotta fund the fund the into war info war fund the operation. <laughs> These liberal scum. It's like he's always talking about how they're like getting so you know he's so persecuted and the right is so persecuted yet yeah. and then he just says the most like Outrageous. aggressive shit and you know violent yeah about the other side and like he only sees his side of the story so <laughs> yeah i don't know i gotta i gotta stop listening to it because it does it's, the, it's not good for the advertisements soul advertisements that he does too where he's like I got this doctor and like they'll say he has these credentials but the reality is is like they attended one semester out of school. Well, it's his dad too, hey? His dad makes some of his nutraceuticals or whatever. It's Dr. <laughs> Jones. <laughs> well, there is a doctor that he's or doctor quotation marks his uh license I think has been revoked or something like that. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. But they like said something along, along the lines of like he's a Harvard graduate. But like you go to Harvard and ask about this guy is just like he attended a class. He was a janitor, <laughs> <laughs> essentially. Yeah. You no, know, he did a great job of cleaning the toilets. So yeah, clearly he's good at yeah prescribing drugs. Yeah, yeah. Clearly he is the person you should be listening to when talking about uh, your health. Yeah. Yeah. He's a madman. Anyway. Enough of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's let's move on to um, to another one of your projects. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so I have, I guess, well, the other one would be chemo treats as a, uh, mm -hmm. but that's sort of something we're kind of trying to move. A, I don't know if it's it's not done, but we're just not really focusing on writing for it. Right. This time, well, you guys are what three albums in or four albums into the chemo treats? Yeah, we now? released our third back uh, a year ago in November, or so a little over a year ago. Okay, um, yeah, you know, 35 years old, it's time to time to stop dressing up in flame pants and <laughs> are you acting sure? like a jackass? <laughs> are you sure? Have you watched professional wrestling? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. I mean. <laughs> Just need to do something else that's a little little different for a bit here. So that's where this project comes in. And then that a spinoff from that is our Notorious YEG project, which is something we're doing on a more regular basis at the rec room. And that's the, that's the hip hop cover act. Oh yeah. That we're doing. So we usually play once a month at the rec room. No kidding. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. How'd you guys hook that up? Um well we with chemo treats we Pitch some videos to these guys down in the states mm -hmm. who run uh, Perfect World Entertainment. It's called. Oh yeah, and they're like the, I think they're the biggest cover band operation, possibly in the world, but in the states they are. And so they have uh, like one of their acts is called the Spasmatics, and they tour through here. Um, <clears throat> and basically, what they did is they, that, I think that was the first one they came up with. And so it was a cover band, but there's a lot of flair with their. Uh, performances so they all they dress up a lot and they have right. choreographed dance moves and stuff pretty awesome actually nice. and so my wife was down in austin <coughs> and she went out one night <clears throat> this was like four or five years ago and uh saw these these guys perform and she's like oh you gotta check them out and then i looked them up and i found out okay this is actually a, they copy this idea and they have uh multiple versions of this one idea for a cover act 
playing all over the U.S. at the same time. So anyway, I looked him up and I sent the guy who runs it, uh, excuse me, an email and with some of our videos and he was like, that's pretty funny shit. He's like, what are you thinking? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I'm like, I just think we kind of line up in some ways. He's like, we haven't done anything um, original since Steel Panther because these guys help. I think they helped launch Steel Panther. Oh, okay. Uh, and and then they were interested in kind of seeing if it could work with us. But because of the border issues, it was, I think, too complicated for them. Mm. But uh, we ended up playing one gig with them. down. At, they flew us down to New Orleans, and we played in the casino. Awesome. This is like three years ago. And then yeah. we kind of ran with the cover idea because we're like, okay, well... Maybe we can actually make a little bit of money doing music. <laughs> and so we've been practicing on it. Now we have, you know, 70 tracks or something that we have that we do. And it's just like a full-on cover. And we decided to separate the two projects. When we went down to the States, it was like a 50-50 split. And I think people were like, what the fuck is it? these songs about pancakes and food and getting hammered all mixed in with these normal hip hop songs that we know <laughs> like what's going on so. yeah well lots mm -hmm. of lots of art lots of artists or bands or whatever have started that way right yeah um, especially through the through the uh up to the end of the 90s i guess it was a it was a pretty common thing to to have a a cover band going um that is for certain shows an original act yeah even even uh 2013 i was talking to um the led zeppelin show yeah and they were the exact same way there was <clears throat> it was the led zeppelin tribute and they were pretty authentic um but when they had an opportunity to play an original show you know, it was exact same lineup similar sound even but it was the different name and and their original yeah. tunes you know yeah, that's kind of what we're doing. And we, you know, the style or like the, how we dress up is a little bit different and slightly more subdued, slightly less. <laughs> less flamboyant. Yeah. Yeah. But still pretty flamboyant. Like okay. we still wear these LED sneakers that, and dress up like gangbangers. <laughs> so it's, it's, yeah, we kind of took the, some, took a page out of that project and, and just decided to run with the cover thing for Very a bit cool. here. Yeah. Are you yeah, guys planning fun. on expanding that beyond Edmondson? Or? Oh, actually, I brought something. Oh. Because, um, uh, you know, we don't play too many instruments, but... <laughs> Slide with. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I got to make sure to bring this back, because actually Carl plays this in there. Drop it like it's hot. You know that one? I, I might know it to hear it, but... Drop it like it's hot. Come on, guys. <laughs> Talking to the wrong demographic here, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think we are. Pepper seems interested in it. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Hey, what's going oh, on? And lots of kisses. She'll try to rape your ear if she can. Oh, man. Yeah. Your dog is adorable. <laughs> Appreciate that. Um. Okay, so Notorious YEG. Mm -hmm. chemo treats and secret, secret family. family yeah um or sammy rides shotgun sammy rides shotgun yeah well the that was the original name 
Okay. Because uh, my first name's Samuel. And so the idea was like, I'll be kind of this overlord producer guy for the project, kind of right on the side and right. keep an eye on everything and put it together. So I'm not totally sure if it'll be. I think we're leaning towards Secret Family. I just got to actually make sure that there's no other band. I don't think there is. Uh, name that. Mm. Well, Samurai's yeah. Shotgun would be a great album title, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. So we'll see how it all comes comes together. Cool. Um another big thing, <clears throat> actually one of the one of the biggest reasons that I wanted to talk to you on the show was uh, less than a year ago, mm-hmm. you decided to leave your day job yeah. to pursue production and music and some other related things yeah. full time. Yeah. Um, how long, how long ago was that? That was, uh, that was back in May, back in May. Yeah. So, I mean, mostly let's be honest. I'm a wedding DJ. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Still, there's good money in that though. Yeah. Well, I was, uh, you know, with music, it's, it's hard to make ends meet. So I was pushing so hard doing that and DJing the occasional wedding. And eventually I was like, screw this. Like I can make a decent living. DJing if I put some effort into this business and uh, so far so good so and then then maybe I'll have more time for music because I won't be working a full-time job and running a business all at the same time and on top of doing like all the creative projects that I'm doing so uh, um, the uh, the wedding DJ company that's market sound right yeah yeah um, where'd you come up with that um, I was falling asleep and uh i was trying to think of what's a better name than eliezer productions which is (laughs) almost any name (laughs) but i I had been mulling it over i don't yeah nothing particular i mean the whole idea behind it is like in the dj industry there's so many guys out there doing their own who are like they want to be an all-star dj or they're prima donnas or full of themselves and it's just like we offer people what they want, which seems obvious, but it's sadly pretty rare in yeah. the industry. So, and uh, the DJ market doesn't have a lot of those. Yeah. And, it's and you know, on top of that, we have put our own spin on things. But if somebody wants a country wedding, we'll give them a country wedding. You know, yeah. we'll get, we'll give them whatever they want. And, uh, yeah, seems to be working pretty well. It's a good lifestyle, and it has allowed me to develop, like, build my studio a little bit more. And now I'm finally getting into because it took a year to build the studio above the, the garage, and right. And yeah, it's actually pretty well set up now. So I'm getting back into the creative stuff. Let's dive into that. Is um, you and I both built our own studio? Joey is in the process of designing and trying to figure out a way to fund it fund his own yeah um how did your how did that whole process how did it how did building your own studio get started um well we have a small house and uh i was taking up the whole basement with the studio so my wife had no space and (laughs) we're like okay i've i had all the dj gear down in the basement and so for the last you know four years i've been really pushing hard with that business so um having like three 
PA systems in our basement and everything and hauling it up every weekend up was just a pain in the ass. So we're like, okay, we got to build a garage. And we'd been thinking about doing a two story so that I could be off site because I work really late at night. Right. And uh, that way I could be louder. So we were about to build just a regular garage because we thought it was going to be too expensive to build a two-story. And then my wife uh, made this terrible, fateful decision for herself. And she's like, well, you know, if a, two st- or if a two-car garage is going to cost 40, 50 grand, she's like, we might as well just do the studio. And 150 grand later, there we are. <laughs> no kidding. I, I think it was around that. Yeah, it was. Holy crap. But essentially, it's the second house. Like, yeah, it's got plumbing and well, the whole, whole, whole deal. So, yeah, you guys could live there while you're renovating the main house or something. That's kind of the idea. And we're just trying to figure out what we're going to do next, if we're going to renovate or knock it down. But I don't have money to knock it down anytime soon. Yeah, build, when you so. when you go three times over budget on the garage. Yeah. Well, I mean, we <laughs> thought it'd be around 100, right? For okay. The, but just originally, we are just going to do regular two-car garage. Mm-hmm. So... It was much more expensive than that. Right. Uh, so what? Uh, what is the studio to you? Oh, man, it's everything. It's a it's place where I meet with clients. It's my writing space. It's our uh, practice space for Notorious. It's, uh, yeah, where I go when my wife doesn't want to hang out with me anymore <laughs> so i'm there pretty often <laughs> right <laughs> um yeah it's and i'm teaching in there my nephews are getting pretty into music so i want them to use it more right and uh yeah so it's mostly just a music place music spot but it's not uh it's not like i'm recording bands in there or anything right well it, it was it was designed as a as a as a personal space anyway, yeah it's right? kind of like personal creative space yeah i guess cool um you run ableton right yeah uh do you do you run any other daws or are you pretty strictly Ableton? I'm pretty much on ableton yeah. i mean i was using pro tools at the radio station but i think ableton for what i do is the, the awesome. better choice yeah, yeah. i would much prefer it mm-hmm for well, you know, for electronic music production, it's it's way better platform, yeah. in my opinion. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what uh, what kind of? Let's dive through the gear really quick. Okay. Um, gear. Oh man, now I'm gonna have to remember what I have. Like, <laughs> I'm not one of those gearhead guys but yeah i mean well i mean we can we could go into some of the gear you remember but... some of the some of the <clears throat> basics right you know like like uh what what monitors are you running right now you still running those, uh, those atoms bm6a's dyn audio dyn audios okay i thought you were running atoms i don't know why did you no, at one point no i've had these since i was working at l&m so oh so almost yeah almost i guess like 13 years or something like that that's crazy i didn't get them right away but yeah yeah um, I know you've experimented with subs. Do you currently run a sub? Yeah, I got a KRK. Uh, one of those, that 10-inch sub or something? Yeah, right? I don't remember what the model yeah. is. So, but I'm not I'm not totally convinced I can, if it's the right right one to pair, pair it with. I don't know. I mm. keep like, I'm always tweaking it. So, I know Stu had one and he said he didn't like it, but... Part of the reason I want it is just because I like to have having more gas when I want to really like crank the tunes. 
I'm the kind of guy who's like dancing around in my studio at three in the morning. So sometimes <laughs> I need I need to pump it up. Have you got any complaints from the neighbors for that? No, no. For the first like three months, I kept asking. I was like, you hear me last night? And they keep saying no. And I'm like, okay, it's going a little louder next time. <laughs> uh, um, when did you get the, when did you get the studio finished? Like it was finished in the spring? It, uh, I think it finished March or April. Okay. Yeah. So lining, I was kind of lining up quitting the job with, so I was just like going double time with DJing and working the radio job, saving right. up cash so that once the studio was done, I could go it on my own. Nice. Um, <clears throat> the reason I asked the, the when was, uh, it occurred to me, I wonder if they, if, if your neighbors had slept with the windows open or not with you thunder in the bass. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, through the summer. Really, yeah. Yeah. I, and I kept asking them. So, yeah. <clears throat> we should keep going with gear though. Let's cause it won't yes. take long for me to get to that gear. <laughs> um, uh, you're a, you're a still a universal audio guy. Uh, yeah. Still using the Apollo. Okay. You have, and you, you, you still have an older model Apollo, right? Uh, sorry. And you Old, still have an older model. Apollo? Uh, it was the quad, whatever the quad core one is. It's right. silver rather than the new right. ones are black. Firewire or Thunderbolt. Uh, I got Thunderbolt. Mine. Yeah. yeah. The cool. originals were, Thunderbolt only. Yeah, and they had the, the, the Thunderbolt expansion. Firewire only. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Mine was Firewire. I was yeah. having some issues, and then okay. I got the Thunderbolt, and yeah. it was way better. It's only a recent thing where they added USB. Like oh, they have USB years. now. Yes. They have. They have. Yeah. Um, well, <clears throat> it's weird. They've they've released some some versions of USB, but for Windows only. They haven't released any Mac drivers because they expect you to use Thunderbolt. Huh. Yeah. They better change that because you got things like Antelope who are making a combination of the Apollo meets the Slate microphone thing. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. In one box. Nice. Antelope is coming loaded with, like, they preload all their all their interfaces that are designed to handle it with um, with all of this emulation software. Yeah, that, you get fifty plugins for, with the for free the hardware. Oh, really? Yeah, it's it's nice. a, it's it's mind blowing how much they're just giving you for free. Yeah, because I spent a fuck ton of money on my Apollo software. Yeah, it's that's the thing. I, I do like this system. It's uh, it's it's pretty nice, but yeah. well, it's such a commitment. Is being yeah. more and more attractive to me. I was, I've been on the fence about buying another. UA card or whatever. Now that Antelope has their thing, I'm thinking of going that direction. Yeah, it's just it's hard to it's hard to move to something else when your projects when are littered with, and when you're someone like yeah. me who has like, okay, I'm deciding to work on this song again. I was five worked later. on five years ago. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, the bigger problem is my 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 method. I think <laughs> I. One of the things that's, that's really helped me with that is I've moved a lot. Uh, I mean, you know how much, you, I'm sure you have an idea of how much money I've thrown at analog equipment, right? Yeah. Um, and I've, I've been making this move to mixing more and more analog. And I've, I've done a handful of mixes over the last six months where I haven't used more than one or two corrective EQ plugins or maybe a multiband on my bus or something. Yeah. Right. Everything else has been, has been outboard and 
Are you EQing going in most of the time? Yeah, just... I EQ and compress on the way in, and that that certainly is a is a contributor. But again, that's almost always um, uh, some piece of gear in the rack or in the on the console. Yeah, yeah. But I find that's that's most of most of what I find myself doing. If I do something in the box, it's corrective EQ for something that I would have or should have done in tracking or if i got a set of tracks from someone's home studio mm-hmm. um and they don't have any outboard gear it's the the eq and compression that i might have done on the way in before i started introducing other stuff yeah nice yeah um but <clears throat> it's been a black hole of yeah of, man of gear <laughs> it's uh it happens to the best of us <laughs> mm-hmm it's it's never ending really no well and 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 that's part of the problem i looked at my credit card statement um just last week and my heart almost jumped out of my chest it was terrifying you did did he do another splurge recently yeah oh yeah 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 i'm trying to kind of create a a minimal setup basically so i have as far as you know instruments i Right now, I just got a Whirly uh, Korg SV1, a micro Korg. And then I have a second station for uh, my laptop. Because sometimes I'll have sessions that are like 100 tracks. And so there's no way to record Omnisphere without latency. Mm. Right. So now I'm just using a second station for those bigger sessions I have. uh, Just to use it as like an external synth, basically. Right. And do you you just... um... Do you just record in the performances MIDI, or do you record them in analog? I'm I'm recording audio into them. Awesome. Yeah. So it's a, an actual performance. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, and it's really only once the computer is overloaded that I I bring out the second computer. But hmm. it's a nice option to have. Let's geek out down that path for a minute. Okay. This, I I use you because um, I I mean we've known each other for decade now right probably yeah um i use you and your track count on your sessions as an example to a lot of students um that that i work with to say don't do this well no <laughs> no usually usually it's it's um it's talking about how track counts can add up so quickly mm-hmm. right um and i've i want to i want to hear it directly from you how do you get to a hundred plus tracks on a song? Well, uh, poor track management <laughs> <laughs> is one of the ways. I mean, a lot of, I should say, I ho- probably only have maybe five songs that are actually over a hundred that are tr- tracks that are actually, you know, um, live rather. Cause a lot of them will, you know, I'll try things and then I don't end up deleting the track. So, but yeah, uh, the main reason I get that high is because it's, uh, layering. I find I just end up layering things so much and that's a big part of what I think it takes to get a really polished sound. So, and then, you know, with vocals, once you do gang vocals, you know, that right there could be eight tracks or 10 tracks. So that. Sure. That adds up pretty quick, and then you, then you do some New York or parallel compression on that, and that adds another, and you got a thick sound. 
Oh man, I never even count my auxiliary or bus sends. Yeah, because otherwise I have like two hundred tracks. <laughs> yeah, but you do some weird things with with your routing. Yeah, <laughs> like my base is like five tracks or something like that. When you take <laughs> into account the auxiliaries and the buses that I use. Yeah. So how how um, give me give me some examples of stuff that you you might layer to create something to create a sound or to create the polish or um well when i when i'm like kind of filling out a track i'll probably layer almost every almost every instrument on the mix so the drums for example will have its own submix and then i'll route that into another track and squash it and bring it in new york compression right and then I might do that one more time with a distortion and just make the beat really fat. And then, like I already said with the vocals, I'll do it with pads. I'll do it definitely with, um, do it with the bass a little bit New here and there. compression is pretty awesome on vocals, especially if you layer the different compressors. Yeah, and just bringing it in at a really low level so you can barely hear it in the mix. Mm. And uh, But you hear it when it's not there. Yeah, right. If if you, it, it's an interesting effect that's super hard to explain to anyone who hasn't ever tried it. Mm-hmm. But but there's and, and it can save you uh, time automating. You know, it can. It's a way of like normalizing, say, a vocal or something. Right. Where you can, you just have there's a, a thickness to it to the sound once you've once you've layered it the layered in there. Illusion times. also that you're. Uh, vocal track is at the same volume even if it's more dynamic mm-hmm. mm. right. there's a lot of interesting things that come from new york compression and then I'll, of course i'll spread so like a guitar or something i might get a i'm also doing this uh, uh i guess jingles is the best way to describe it <laughs> yeah. with uh my friend jeremy from that i worked with at chorus and um so if he gives me a guitar track or something It'll, he, you know, he will have, he'll give me like the dry signal and the, and his, his amp, uh, his mic amp. And then I might layer that two or three more times, run it through guitar rig or, and spread them all, spread them all out. Right. Okay. And, and, and see, <clears throat> when I listen to, now I haven't listened to anything beyond the chemo treats and the LAAZR versus John stuff, right? Yeah. um, When I listened to the chemo treats, um, I think it was the second record. You know, there were a handful of tracks that had big sounding instruments, Mm -hmm. but it it pretty rarely sounded like there were too many instruments. So, So if I understand this right, like you might have a guitar track. Yeah. And you might... To, to get the the final sound, you might have five or six different different versions of that guitar yeah, and that all blend together. Totally. Okay. And then on top of that, I would uh, I'll often layer it with a different like so I might have a synth in there too. Okay. Doing the same thing, like playing the same melody or whatever, and layering that in too. So yeah, I mean, I think I definitely have had difficulty with things being too busy and overproducing music, but eventually I added it down, and I think usually if I actually release something, it's 
it's not probably but pretty well I've, balanced. I've probably made that mistake a few times. <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> Okay. Um Where do I want to take this next? Um, do you have any, do you use any, um, do you use any outboard gear, um, aside from like the onboard preamps on your Apollo? Um, yeah. So I got a Avalon 737 SP. Is that what it is? Yeah. Picked up one of those used a couple years ago. I have, uh, this Ibanez effects unit that I use on the Whirly and it's from the seventies. I don't, I don't know what the model is, but it has, uh, compression EQ chorus and delay and that thing sounds rad on the on the whirly nice um what else that i have uh i actually bought one of these behringer adat units to expand oh yeah okay it's uh, like a, just, extra inputs type of thing yeah yeah because you know carl will come over and we'll We'll uh, have a writing session for the last ten hours, and he'll bring all of his a bunch of his synths. <laughs> like he's he's almost working the opposite way of me at this point. So I'm kind of the in, in the box guy, and he's more out of the box guy. So he's, gotcha. he's got a massive synth collection at this point. So and then we just plug everything in, and away we go. Sweet. Um, what else is there? Not too much else for outboard gear. No. What do you uh, What do you using to track vocals these days, microphone wise? <clears throat> Uh, AT5040. You still have that thing? Yeah, I was I was thinking of selling it because it's an expensive mic. But then I made the mistake <laughs> of using it too much. And then and I'm like, like, this is pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I won't sell it. So I'm using that. And uh, got SM7, mm-hmm. 7B. Um, <clears throat> and th- that's pretty much it. Using those two, you know, got a few dynamics that I just use for scratch vocals. Um, right. Yeah, I'm not really one to try out a ton of different mics. I'm very uh, sort of what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm sort of like explosive creativity, creativity, uh, creatively. Like I just, I when I work it might be midnight and then I'll be like, Oh, I'm in, I'm in the zone. And I start going. So I don't, I'm not someone who will let, like try a bunch of different mics to see, uh, on the spot to be like, Oh, this is, this is the right mic for this moment. I was just like, let her rip. I turn into a real, uh, artist at that moment where I'm just like, I need to do this now. And right. And, 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 and the technology doesn't really matter yeah, as, long and as, I, as long as it's working. Yeah. And I do, I mean, obviously like I've used them enough. So I've, experience i know when to use one over the other but i'm not not someone who's ever going to own 30 mics i don't think (laughs) but that's also comes from you know i'm generally tracking myself or a couple other people that i i know how they sound so right you know it's not like i need a huge variety um i'm i guess i'm working with other musicians more though maybe that's something i need to expand on probably but but that could also that working with other musicians that could also be something that you easily take to another studio, mm-hmm. like the audio department down the street from you, or or um, you've come or here, two bodies of water production. You've come here to track drums before, and yeah, and 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 that <clears throat> most of the most of the studios in town are 
pretty reasonably priced to to allow that to happen pretty quickly and pretty cheaply right so yeah definitely and, and that's usually that's usually cheaper than making an investment in in more gear that you may only use once a year exactly yeah yeah, yeah so that i think that's uh you're you're on to something there <laughs> <laughs> i hope so <laughs> um so where does uh <clears throat> where do you um where do you see the studio going over the next handful of years? You know, it's it's almost a year old mm-hmm. now. I, I know you like you've had home studios for for over a decade, but um, the new studio is almost a year old. Uh, you've had a you. This is where I want to take this question. You've had almost a year now to figure out kind of the ins and outs, the the good and the bad of the space. What are you planning on changing over the next year? If if anything, mm-hmm. uh, I think I'm at a point where I'm. I I just built a desk with uh, <clears throat> my friend Alex Campbell, who's super. He's Superman, basically. This guy can do anything. He's this engineer brain, mm. where he can just like, or I don't know, he could just figure out to build anything. So we built this beautiful desk together. Right. So that really tied the room together, as the dude would say, and it. Uh, <clears throat> so it has racks in it. It's a standing desk, and then I got a pull out tray for my my keyboard so it was all customized around what i wanted and we're going to install uh and i'm not totally sure what kind of image but we're he he has a, a he built a router so we're gonna put an acrylic p- panel with some sort of design made into it and awesome. led lights so that it pulses to the beat <laughs> of the music really most of the stuff i'm concerned with the studio is more vibe right i'm yeah i'm so i like you say i'm more in the box probably so i end up spending most of my money on software um and i have enough tools like i don't think that's my weakness at this point if if i'm not making music it's because you know i'm not in a place where i feel like making music it's not because i don't have don't have the right toy yeah uh so yeah i want to i i want to go through and adjust the uh, acoustic treatment so because right now i don't think i have it set up quite right mm. um and i'm yeah i'm pretty happy i mean i adam palmer had a lot of gear in my studio for a long time he was the one i was running the label with and yeah. he <clears throat> we haven't been making music together for like six years or something so finally we're i was like Okay, just let me sell this shit for you. So, because I just feel bad, you know, because he had a Neve in in my studio. Did and, you sell the Neve? Yeah, Stu bought it. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, a couple different mics. I still got to sell his AT4060. Mm. You want to buy an AT4060? <laughs> I do. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I do too, but I can't justify it. Yeah. yeah. I don't record people enough. And if I did, my fiance would probably kill me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> I'm pretty happy where, where it's at, basically. Um, cool. Yeah. There's, uh, like I said, finishing off the desk. I want to, I want to put in a diffuser more for the aesthetic than actually for the. Uh, <laughs> they look cool. Yeah. They do. <laughs> I completely disagree. Really? You don't I've, think so? I've, I've never seen a diffuser that I thought. That that I thought looked get appealing. real. I'm serious. Diffusers man. look awesome. They look weird and unnecessary. And, and I so I, I totally know the value of them, but they just don't look cool to me. 
Yeah, that seemed the right diffuser. You know what? Yeah, you know what? The we're out to latch on this one. The the G the GIK the GIK panels that have like the the big foam panel behind with the wood in front and all the slots on it. Mm-hmm. Those are the kind of things that I. That's the look I enjoy. Yeah, but but to have a to, to have the, like the diffusers that I've seen, you know, um, where it's 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 different level pieces of wood or it's where it's the 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 like the whole bunch of little boxes where they're they're recessed at different oh, levels. Man, those, they look so cool. I, I, I think look you like haven't looked at them in the, the, the proper <clears throat> angle because most people take a picture of it at like a side angle, so it looks like random blocks. But if you look on, at it straight on, it is actually like symmetrical and it's like pretty attractive. Hmm. Agree to disagree, James. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, a couch. I want to put a couch in there. You don't have a couch in there yet? I no, I just have uh, one of those. I got a Poang, the, the classic Ikea Poang, oh. and uh, one other little chair. So, All right. I want to be able to put my feet up somewhere. You had a you had like a, a mattress in there the last time I was there. Yeah, I got a little fold-up memory foam. Oh, okay. Mattress. Yeah. Mug, you want to crash my house sometime? <laughs> <laughs> I got lots of couches here. Imagine if the wife kicks me out for a night, I'll probably just end up sleeping here. I got the shower. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But if I didn't have to work for the next three days. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be there. Yeah, I'd be there. Nice. Yeah. Okay. And it's, I, it's a deal. I may not remember one or two of them. Yeah. Yeah, we can make that happen. Um, so <clears throat> studio out of the way, um, music projects out of the way. You want to talk talk jingles? Jingles, yeah. Okay, so you do you <clears throat> or do... audio branding or music branding? <laughs> We're trying to trying to figure out how to talk about it where you don't say jingles. It's such a sort of an right. antiquated term. So you and you and Jeremy do these musical branding pieces. Yeah. Um, how'd you get connected with that? Uh, well, we both worked in radio for a long time. I was at Chorus for, what, nine years? Right. So I mean, this isn't to say it's a successful business, <laughs> mm. but we've had a little bit. Like we did uh, the recent one for Volvo of Edmonton, so that was a pretty good score for awesome. us. And then um, we recorded that with Faye, Faye Blaze out in Toronto. She did the vocals for that. Mm-hmm. I met her at North Country a few years back. She's got a gorgeous voice. Nice. So, and then beyond that, we have a couple leads. So it's pretty new, but right now we're just sort of making specs and pitching them at, at companies. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. It's a good way to get a, <clears throat> a lot of practice at it. And it, it's kind of nice because it's, it's a project I can do where it's I'm not too attached to it, so I can actually finish them. <laughs> and Jeremy is somebody who's just he's got the opposite talent opposite talents that I do. Like he just pumps stuff out, and he can. Uh, I think we're a good pairing because he can like put together a track pretty quick. He's got great work ethic, and just will. And then it's up to me to sort of polish it and and give it that professional. Sound, sound and feel yeah and sort of bring it to the next level so i think we're a good team that way sweet so yeah nice. and 
we'll uh we'll see I, I don't know if there's that many people doing this and making a full-time living on it but it's nice to just get the occasional gig when you can and what is the what is the spec process like because i i've gone through it once um but only once yeah so so what what is what is the spec process like well with us it's it's like okay you remember these guys they yeah they advertised a lot they could you know they're probably spending 50 grand a year on radio or 100 grand so like why not have that consistency of branding you know in every spot you have or on tv radio and everything so it's more just brainstorming and coming up being like okay these are the companies that uh we have a list we're like these guys advertise a lot and we think they could benefit from it so we're not even talking to them we're going in totally cold half the time and so it's a good way to waste time (laughs) (laughs) but uh at the beginning that's just sort of how we figure it's a good way to practice and see how our system works and uh hopefully some of these companies will bite so far we've haven't had a ton of luck but right so but the little bit we've had is you know are you guys writing a piece um and recording it before you go talk to them or are you talking to them first no we're we're writing it and just pitching it we're kind of saying hey you need this and we've already made it for you what do you think do you want to buy it (laughs) nice and then they ignore us most of the time (laughs) that's fair so yeah i mean we i don't know like there's a a couple other companies that sound pretty interested so i'm I'm Mm. sure we'll have more coming up here soon um i know i know a few of our listeners are um are engineers that are new to the whole business um and because because the uh the musical branding yeah. um, side of your business is really new. Uh, what's your What's your success rate over the last year of you know like how 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 many how many companies have you reached out to and how many have actually bitten actually bitten <clears throat> yeah oh um, well there's two that we're dealing with right now one's a furniture store and one's a um, casino that I think are going to go okay. for it. Uh, and those are ones, that, those are leads that were provided by our friends in the, right. in the industry. Right. So they've been, we're kind of the only local option now. Cause I know Greg Wright was doing it with, um, his uh, names. Uh, yeah. Chad, Chad, yeah. Chad Clinger. Uh, so I don't know if they're still doing it. So, and I happen to know the sales managers that, all of the major market radio stations in town. So, or just about all of them. So we've had meetings with them and and it's beneficial for them to have somebody local who can do this. So they've been passing them on. So to answer your question, I would say we've probably made at this point 12 and, you know, one of them is on air right now and two of them are sound promising, but the other ones we went in totally blind. So we're kind of, like I said, we were treating it. We're not necessarily expecting it. We, we had, the, the ones that we're not getting any traction on, we had, we didn't talk to anybody. So we, our expectations were pretty low about whether they'd actually jump. It was more us just being like, we think you guys need this. So we made it for you. If you're interested, we can make you something new that's different if you don't like it. But here's something and here's something if, to listen to. Yeah. So right. what do you think? <clears throat> cool. So that hasn't worked super well, but. 
it's kind of a learning process though, right? To, to get to a point where you, you can figure out how does this work? Yeah. Um, what do we need to do to, to approach them? Okay, cool. Yeah. And some of them are, uh, you know, you could definitely, uh, try it with, uh, that's the end. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's we're going to get cut off. Um, oh, okay. Greg, thanks so much for being here. Uh, Market Sound. I'll put up all your contact info in the show notes so that people can find you. Sweet. And uh, we'll talk to you all next time. All right. Thanks for having Follow me. Follow our hosts on Twitter at Two Bodies of Water. You got that mic in a comfortable spot yet? I'm still working on it. At Joey R. Engineer. I can't even talk. I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um, I realize at the end of this, we didn't introduce ourselves. On to the internet you go. Go switch off.